0: You're listening to our Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhalayn and al hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhalayn.org support. One of the important events that we must examine When we talk about Khaybar and the victory of Muslims at Khaybar, is the attempt to poison the Prophet after the Battle of Khaybar. Now, some of the Khaybari Jews tried to come up with a plot to kill the Prophet. Many reports indicate, according to most traditions, they instigated a Jewish woman by the name of Zainab who was the wife of a Jewish noble, to poison the Prophet Now we have so many versions of what exactly happened. But many reports state that she sent someone to the companions and they were asked, which part of the sheep does the Prophet like most? Like which part of the sheep does he really like? So it was said to this woman, this Jewish woman Zainab, this Khaybari woman, that he his favorite part of the sheep is the arm of the sheep, the diraq So Zainab roasts a sheep and she poisons the meat of that sheep, specifically the arm of it, and she sends it as a gift to the Prophet ﷺ. Now we also have many versions of hadiths here about what happened. But many state that the Prophet took a bite and then he immediately felt the poison. And the meat spoke to the Prophet and told the Prophet, don't continue, you know, I'm poisoned. The Prophet threw it out of his mouth immediately. But one of the companions by the name of Bishr or Bara' ibn Marur, he was eating with the Prophet. He ate several bites and the poison ended up killing him. So one of the companions of the Prophet was poisoned by this sheep, by this lamb. And he was killed. But Allah saved the Prophet So the Prophet summoned summoned Zaynab. He asked her, why did she poison the food? What was her, your intention? She replied to the Prophet saying, well, you disrupted our life and our tribe. And so I figured that if you're a worldly ruler like a king, the poison would kill you and we'd get rid of you basically. And if you're really a prophet of God, God is going to, protect you, he's going to make you aware of the poison, and you're not going to continue eating it. In other words, she was saying, I was trying to test your prophethood to see if you're really a prophet or not. Many reports say the prophet forgave her and those who instigated her. And, um, you know, even though one of his companions was killed by the poison, the prophet did not seek retribution. This is the short version of what happened. Let's analyze this event. It's a very significant event as we shall see that has a lot of implications. So let's spend our discussion today, analyzing this very important attempt to kill the Prophet, to poison the Prophet Now, one of the dilemmas of this incident is that we have so many versions with so many discrepancies, honestly, we don't exactly know what happened. We do know there was an attempt to poison the Prophet, but because the versions are so contradictory, we don't know exactly what happened, what the details were. So let's first examine some versions here in Sunni hadith, and then we'll examine what we have in our Shia books, and we'll offer an analysis of these reports. One category of hadiths that you have in sunni sources are hadiths for instance that are narrated by ibn shihab you can find this hadith in bukhari and muslim they've narrated the incident in the following manner this hadith basically states that when the prophet achieved victory over khaybar Zainab ibn al-harith a jewish lady who was the daughter of al-harith he was a jewish noble and the wife of Salam ibn Mashkim. And the niece of Marhab. Marhab the Jewish strong man whom Imam Ali killed. According to this hadith in Bukhari she was his niece. So she brought Safiya the wife of the Prophet sallallahu Who had just converted. And she had joined the Prophet and she became his wife. She came from Khaybar, From the Jewish tribe of Khaybar, But she became the Prophet's wife. So Zainab comes to Safiya and she brings a basically roasted uh, sheep lamb and she asked which part of the sheep is the most desirable to the prophet he was uh, she was told the dira you know the, hand, the arm of the sheep so she put a lot of poison in the arm of the sheep, but in all the sheep, but specifically the arm. Then the Prophet ﷺ went, you know, into the room of Safiyyah, and with him was a person called Bishr ibn al-Bara' ibn Ma'roor. And the sheep was given to the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet started to eat, he took a bite. That other companion, Bishr, he also started to eat from this sheep. Then the Prophet ﷺ basically was, you know, felt the poison. He realized that this was poisonous. And so they stopped eating it. He sent after the lady. He told her, Did you poison this lamb? She said, Yes, I did. Who told you? How did you know? The Prophet says, the lamb told me, the sheep, meaning the meat itself told me. It informed me that I'm poisonous, don't eat me. Then he asked her, why did you do that? What's your intention? She basically tells him, look, I wanted to see if you're a king, a worldly ruler, let's get rid of you. And if you're a prophet, you'll be informed. Allah has a way to inform you. So the Prophet, according to this version of Bukhari and muslim he forgave her. So this is the version in Bukhari and muslim but then we have in some other versions, she gives a different response. When he tells her, why did you do that? According to Ibn Sa'd and Waqidi, you know, the two historians, she said to the Prophet, well, you killed my father, you killed my husband, you killed my uncle, you killed my brother. And so basically I wanted to seek revenge. So now we've got a discrepancy here. in, in the first version, she said, I wanted to test your prophethood. And the second version, she says, well, it was revenge time. I wanted to kill you because, you know, all the men who are related to me in my tribe, they were killed during this war. So this is like another version. Then we have the hadith that's attributed to Abu Huraira in Bukhari and Musnad Ahmad ibn Hanbal and other sources. Basically, Abu Huraira, when he gives his version of, of the events, he says that, The Prophet ﷺ, after the attempt to poison him, he gathered the Jewish men, the Jewish tribe. And he told them, did you put poison in this sheep? They said, yes. They admitted. He told them, why did you do that? They told him, we wanted to test you. If you're a prophet, it's not going to harm you. God will save you. And if you're a liar, you're not a prophet, basically, you know, um, you will die and we'll get rid of you. So even after Khaybar and all those miracles, according to this version, they still did not believe that the Prophet is a prophet. You know, They still were trying to figure out a way to get rid of him. This is according to this version. And then you have another version, also in Bukhari and Muslim, but from Anas ibn Malik, the companion of the Prophet And basically, you know, when she tried to poison him and the Prophet summoned her, he asked her, why did you do that? She said, I wanted to kill you. The Prophet said, no, Allah will not enable you to kill me. Then the Prophet was told, well, shouldn't you now kill her for trying to you know, poison you? He said, no, the Prophet forgave her. And then we have another version in Sirah Al-Halabiyyah, which is one of the works on the history of the Prophet the Prophet, and according to this version, after she admitted that the sheep was poisoned, the Prophet told his companions, Bismillah Rahman Rahim, eat in the name of Allah. It's poisoned. She admitted, the Prophet said, Let's all eat, let's continue eating. Allah is going to protect us. None of them were harmed. This was one of the miracles of the Prophet. ﷺ. Ibn Kathir or Ibn Kuthir, the Sunni historian, he says, I can't accept this report. It's it's objectionable, you know. He doubts this report. Then we have some other versions that tell us Bishr, the companion who ended up dying and getting poisoned, he actually knew that it was poisoned. So the prophet, when he discovers that the sheep is poisoned, he says, stop eating right now. This arm of the sheep is telling me, informing me that it's poisoned. So Bishr, that companion, said to the prophet, O prophet, I swear by Allah who honored you. I felt it was poisoned, But I didn't stop eating out of respect for you. I'm like, you're eating, let me eat with you. And then basically he died because of being poisoned. This is another version that we find. Then we have the fate of this woman after she admitted that she poisoned the Prophet. Did the Prophet um, seek revenge from her? Did he kill her or did he not? We have a discrepancy here. In Seerah al Halabiyya, it states that after Bish, this companion, was, was uh, after he died because of the poison, she was killed. Retribution. This is Qisas. Abu Dawood narrates that she was crucified. And then he also narrates that she was killed. And then it has been narrated that the Prophet forgave her because she became a Muslim. In Sahih Muslim, she wasn't killed. Ibn Ishaq states that, you know, uh, all the scholars of Hadith uh, state that the Prophet did not kill her. He did forgive her. So there's a discrepancy here as to whether she was killed or not. Now here's a very important part. In Sunni hadith, we find that the reason why the Prophet ﷺ later died, passed away, is because of the poison of Khaybar. For instance, in the book Al-Mustadrak al-Sahihayn, there's a hadith from Aisha and Abu Hurairah that states, the Prophet said when he was ill and he was about to die, I can still feel the pain of that food from Khaybar and it affected my heart. It cut my vein. That poison affected me. And that's why the Prophet passed away. So based on this opinion, the Prophet died as a Shaheed. He was killed, but because of the the, uh, poison of Khaybar, of that Jewish lady that killed him. So she ended up killing him basically, but not immediately after four years. So we have all these versions of hadiths in the books of Sirah and also in Sunni books like you know, Bukhari and Muslim. What's our analysis here? Before that, there is a question here. I have a question about the companions here. Why would they tell a Jewish woman what his favorite part of the sheep is immediately after the Battle of Khaybar where she and her people were just conquered? Exactly. That's a very good observation and this is my first observation. Some scholars have doubted these reports and this incident because they argue the Prophet Sallallahu is not naive to accept the food from his enemies when he's just achieved victory over them. You have to be cautious, right? You just liberated their fort. Obviously they want to seek revenge. It's obvious that they're, trying, they're going to try to plot against you. So how would you even accept a gift from a Jewish woman after the battle, when her people have been killed? Who would do that, right? And how come none of the companions tried to alert the Prophet? How come none of the companions in in these versions comes to the Prophet and says, Ya Rasulullah, we don't really recommend you eat this meat. I mean, this is a security issue. They might try to harm you. Nobody says anything. And on top of that, as, as the brother is asking, They even tell the lady which part of the sheep he likes most. So some scholars have tried to doubt this incident. They're like, something doesn't add up here. So that's one observation. By the way, it's difficult to reject the incident because we have tens of hadiths about it. Honestly, we cannot reject the incident. Something happened. But these versions that have been narrated to us, something doesn't add up here. That's the first observation. The second observation, there's so many discrepancies in the hadith. Did he kill Zainab or did he not kill Zainab? He forgave her, right? Did he eat from the sheep or did he not eat? There's different versions. Some versions state he didn't even eat. Before he ate, the, the meat spoke to him and said, don't eat me, I'm poisoned. And there are so many other aspects over here. Number three, the third observation. We have these hadiths that claim the Prophet ﷺ died four years later because of the effects of this poison. My observation is: is it really possible that you die four years later from a poison? It's very unusual. I mean, after this incident, the Prophet ﷺ traveled. Remember Hajjatul Wada two months before the Prophet ﷺ was martyred or before he passed away, right? He traveled, he went to Mecca, he did the hajj. I mean, for four years, you're moving and traveling and going and coming. And then after four years, you die from that poison. That's, that's pretty unlikely. It's pretty unusual. We have to ask a medical expert, uh, you know, a doctor, in, what do you, what, what's the field of uh, poison and toxicology, right? Something like that. We have to ask a toxicologist, uh, if that's even possible, like is there a poison that you take it and then four years four years later it, it kills you? I mean, maybe it's possible, but it's unusual. Maybe it affects your organs and then it causes organ failure some four years later. Allah wala. But it it's pretty doubtful. The least to say, it's it's pretty doubtful. That's the third observation here. The fourth observation here: reports indicate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the Prophet from the evil of this lady, right? These The hadiths indicate that. So if we accept that he died as a result of this poison, it means that in the end, he wasn't protected. In the end, she ended up killing him, which is problematic because she was saying, I will test his prophethood. If he's a prophet, God will protect him. Well, if we accept the Prophet died from this poison, then did he protect him or no? That, that's a valid question here. Number five, Bishr's excuse, the one who died, is mind-boggling. He says to the Prophet, Ya Rasulallah, I felt that it was poisonous. But out of respect for you, I kept eating? Come on. How is that rational? I didn't want to spoil the eating for the Prophet? That's a very unusual response. So you're okay with the Prophet getting poisoned? I mean, you're eating the same sheep. If you, Bish, felt the poison in the sheep, you're not going to alert the Prophet. You're not going to tell him, Ya Rasulullah, stop eating. I feel the poison. No, no, no. Out of respect to the Prophet, let me just continue eating and, and kill myself and be poisoned. That's very unusual. Something doesn't add up here. I mean, imagine you're sitting uh, with the Prophet alayhi wa alayhi, They bring you a lamb. They bring you a sheep, a roasted sheep. And you're eating, you take a bite, you feel it's poisonous. You're like, well, let me let, let me not spoil the, the dinner for the Prophet. Are you serious? This is poisonous. You're not going to tell the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, this is poisonous? Something doesn't add up here, right? So, something is just very unusual. So honestly, when you look at the Sunni versions of this incident, there's a lot of discrepancies. There are a lot of question marks. We don't know exactly what happened. Yes, all versions agree there was an attempt to kill him. A sheep was poisoned. But how that happened, what were the details? Honestly, we don't have any confidence in what happened because of all these discrepancies. Now let's come to the Shia versions. The Shia hadiths that have been narrated in our books. What do they say? we also have a dilemma here because there are also discrepancies in the shia versions as well the shia versions don't agree on exactly what happened meaning the narrations the narrators we also find conflicting reports but i'll share with you according to shia narrations what happened so here's one hadith in the tafsir of al-imam al-askari there's a book called tafsir al-imam al-askari attributed to the 11th imam of ahl al-bayt al-imam al-askari Alayhi salam And this is what it tells us. In this version, it states that when the Prophet returned from Khaybar, and now he's back in Medina. See, the Sunni versions tell us he was in Khaybar. In this version, which is found in the Tafsir of Imam al-Askari, it states the Prophet came back from Khaybar. He's now in Medina when a Jewish lady comes to him and she had pretended to be a Muslim, she had pretended to convert to Islam and she brought a poisonous sheep and she said that I have brought it as a vow to you, as a nadhr. You know, I've dedicated this to you. And Al-Bara ibn Ma'rur, he was with the Prophet wasallam. Imam Ali was also there according to this version. So the Prophet asked for some bread. They brought him some bread. So they started to eat. But who started to eat according to the Shia hadith? The the Prophet, not yet. Who started to eat? Al-Bara. This companion apparently, he was hungry. He took a bite from from the arm and he put it in his mouth to eat it or about to put it in his mouth. Imam Ali tells him, لا تتقدم رسول الله. Don't eat before the Prophet eats. That's not proper etiquette. He didn't like the comment of Imam Ali. So he said, كَأَنَّكَ تبخر رسول الله. Are you trying to say the Prophet is stingy? لا لا Allah. What kind of a response is this to Imam Ali? The Imam tells him No. But it's part of our akhlaq, our etiquette that when we're sitting with the Prophet to show him respect. Let him start and then you start. So he kept insisting on his position to start eating first. He says, no, no, the Prophet's not stingy. I'll eat, it's okay. The Imam alayhi salam then tells him, look, you don't understand where I'm coming from. Let me tell you something. This sheep, this lamb has been brought by a Jewish lady and we don't know what her intentions are. If you eat, you will be responsible for the consequences. So according to the Shia version, Imam Ali warned him, be careful. We have to investigate this. He didn't listen. He ate that bite. Then Allah commanded the arm of the sheep to speak to Rasulullah sallallahu And the arm of the sheep said to the Prophet, I am poisoned, don't eat me. So the Prophet did not eat. And it's al-bara' who ate and he fell to his death because of the poison. So the Prophet summoned the lady. He asked her, you know, why did you do that? Basically, she told him, you know, I'm trying to test your Prophethood to see if you're really a Prophet or not. Then the Prophet told her, look, Bara who died by eating the sheep, if I had given him permission, if I had commanded him to eat, he would not have been killed. Allah would have protected him. But because he rushed to eating it without a command from me, unfortunately the poison ended up affecting him. Then the Prophet calls on his righteous companions like Salman, Miqdad, Abu Dhar, you know, Bilal, Ammar, some other companions, and basically, Imam Ali alayhi salam was also present. And then the Prophet told them, "Eat from this sheep, which is poisoned." Look at the test here. Imagine if you know something is poisoned and the Prophet tells you eat it. I command you to eat it. Would you eat it? They all ate these righteous companions, and Allah subhanahu wa taala protected them to show that the Prophet sallallahu is indeed a prophet. So this is one of the miracles. Of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa. Then the lady was imprisoned. Next day uh, she came and she basically declared her Islam. She said the Shahadatayn, and the Prophet وآله, forgave her. So this is, you know, uh, the, the, the A Shia version of the hadith here, of, of, of the hadith that we have here in the book, the tafsir of Al Imam al-Askari There's also uh, you know. Uh, a passage at the end of the hadith that states the Prophet sallallahu initially refused to pray on the body of Al-Bara and he was asked why he's like because he disrespected Imam Ali Imam Ali ﷺ, you know kept telling him not to eat and uh, you know uh, he showed him an attitude and, though, and so the companions told him Ya Rasulullah you know it's okay he, he was joking he didn't mean it the Prophet said well if he really meant it then he would not have been a believer for him to insult Imam Ali alayhi salam like that. In the end, the Prophet sallallahu uh, you know, agrees to pray on him. After Imam Ali alayhi salam comes and he says, companions, don't worry, you know, I, I've not taken it personally. I've forgiven him. So after Imam Ali alayhi salam forgives him, according to this hadith, the Prophet prays on him. So this is one hadith that we have. Scholars have mixed opinions about it. Some of them have accepted it. Some of them have doubted aspects of this hadith. So this is one version. Another version that we have is in the book, Qurb al isnad In the book, Qurb al isnad basically, it states that this lady, who was the wife of Abdullah ibn Meshkem, who was a Jewish noble, she came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi with a you know, uh, poisonous lamb, with a poisonous sheep. And with the Prophet, there was a companion called Bishr, not Al-Bara. See, in the version of Al-Imam Al-Askari, it's Al-Bara. In this version, it's Bishr ibn Al-Bara. Bishr, the son of Al-Bara. Which may be more accurate because some have stated that Al-Bara had passed away by that time. In any case, the Prophet actually attempted to eat some of the uh, lamb. And as he was eating it, it told him that I am poisonous, do not eat me. The Prophet did not swallow the bite, whereas Bish, he swallowed the bite. So Allah protected the Prophet, whereas Bish, he swallowed the bite and he ended up dying. And then the Prophet summoned the Jewish lady and she admitted to you know the crime that she committed. So this is one version that we have. We have another version in the book of al Amali by Shaykh Al saduq from Al-Asbagh ibn Nabata from Imam Ali alayhi salam. According to this version, a Jewish lady by the name of Abda, see all those other versions, they stated her name was Zainab. This hadith states her name was Abda. And she came, you know, uh, to, to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and she had this conspiracy, this plot to have the Prophet killed. And basically... What happened is she brought a sheep and she poisoned it, she roasted it, she poisoned it. And then she gathered all the elders and the leaders of the Jews in her house. Then she came to the Prophet and she told him, you know, oh Muhammad, don't you know that now we are your neighbors and you have a right on us? So all the leaders of our tribe, are wanting to see you. They are in my house. Please bless us with your presence. I want you to come with your companions, come to our house, please. So the Prophet alayhi wa alayhi, goes to her house with Imam Ali salam, and a number of his companions. And then once he enters the house, they bring this roasted sheep. When they brought the roasted sheep, you know, it was still hot, maybe some smoke coming out of it the Jews, those Jewish elders or tribal leaders, they actually took some wool and they covered their noses. And they stood not wanting to join the meal. So the prophet told him, why don't you sit? They said, well, if a prophet visits us, we're not going to sit. We're going to stand as a sign of respect. And we are covering our noses so the Prophet would not be annoyed by our breath. Come on, look at these you know fake excuses that they were making. In any case, the Prophet sallallahu before he ate anything, the sheep spoke and it told him, Ya Rasulullah, I'm poisoned. I'm poisoned, I'm poisonous, do not eat me. So the Prophet sallallahu Summoned this lady Abda and he told her, Why did you do that? So basically, she told him, If you're a prophet, God would protect you. I was testing your prophethood. And not other. and if not, then I wanted you know to get rid of you. Jubal'il comes down on the Prophet وآله, and he says, Ya Rasulullah, Allah sends the salam to you. And he says, bihi Say in the name of Allah that every believer invokes in. And the name of Allah is the izz and the power and the glory of every mu'min. And say, I ask in the light of Allah that has illuminated the heavens and the earth. And by the power of Allah until, you know, the end of the dua, O oh Allah, protect me from the evil of any magic, سحر, lamam you know, satanic forces, O oh Allah. Protect me from all of that. And then, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Say, O oh Allah, read this verse. You bring down the shifa' in the Qur'an for the believers. You bring down the cure and the treatment in the Qur'an for the believers. After reading this du'a that Jibreel teaches the Prophet, the Prophet makes this du'a. And he, co- he commands his companions to make the same du'a and then he tells them, eat. You will be protected. They all ate and they were be and they were protected. So this is another version that we have in our hadiths. We have another version yet in the book Basa'ir al darajat from Al Imam Al-Sadiq, in which the Imam states, This Jewish lady did indeed poison the Prophet. And the Prophet did eat some bites, and then Allah informed him. And then the hadith states the Prophet suffered from this poison until he died. Yes, you know, this is mentioned in even our sources as well. In fact, in fact, I would like to share this with you as well. As Shaykh al-Saduq in his book, you know, uh, our اعتقادات, اعتقاداتنا, our beliefs. He says, we believe that the Prophet وسلم, died as a shaheed, poisoned from the poison of Khaybar. This is what he states. If you look at his book, you know, pages one hundred nine and one ten, he mentions that. So, how do we feel about this? You know, uh, these versions that we have in our Shia books. What's what's your take on it? Any thoughts? Yes, yes, I, I I you know I can't help but think like subhanallah like just listening to these different like versions like you can't help but like think like like your heart just that just just doesn't accept most of them but like the second to last one that you said subhanallah I just I you know it just doesn't make sense from all the uh, the stories and traditions and 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 like the lifetime of the imams and and what they went through in their life i mean the second to last one that you mentioned uh, or the one where um he forgave him and 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 then he you know that version was i don't know like it set it set the uh the the best for me i guess i don't know. Yes, you make a valid observation. It's very difficult to know exactly what happened. We cannot find any conclusive evidence as to how they attempted to poison him. But what we can conclude is that there was an attempt after Khaybar to poison the Prophet ﷺ and some Jewish lady had a role in that. It seems all the versions agree on this one point. And that Allah protected the Prophet. Now whether he took a bite, he didn't take a bite. But Allah ended up protecting him. Showing the miracle. You know that the sheep spoke to the Prophet The meat spoke and said I am poisoned. So we can also say that the miracle did happen. Allah ta'ala did protect the Prophet As to all those details and what happened. Uh, you know, who was with the Prophet, where exactly did this happen, the Jewish lady, did the Prophet end up killing her, not killing her, maybe it was the tribe of Al-Bara, the companion who died, they tried to kill her and seek retribution or not, these are details, honestly, we don't know, we cannot confirm, because of all these discrepancies, because of all these contradictories. And this shows you, my dear brothers and sisters, when it comes to examining our Islamic history, we really have a dilemma. We are looking at these events 1,400 years later. So many narrators have have narrated conflicting reports. Honestly, you can't just pick up a book and say the Prophet did this and did that. This is what the enemies of Islam are doing. You go on YouTube, they make cartoons. Look at the Prophet. He did this, he did that. Well, what's the source? Bukhari said this. I don't know Ibn ha- Haq said that. Sirah Halabiya said that. You can't do that. We have to truly analyze these reports that have been attributed to the Prophet and about the life of the Prophet. Because there are discrepancies in them. We need to know what happened. We cannot just take them at face value. And this is the dilemma of the Muslim Ummah. The Muslim Ummah historically, yalla, let's just take all these reports. It's in Bukhari, I'm going to accept it. If it's in Muslim, I'm going to accept it. You cannot do that. This is Rasulullah We have to be honest to his biography. So one of the challenges that we have is we do have problematic reports. We have contradictory reports. We have reports that insult the Prophet lower from his status, or attribute violence to him, or inhumane things to him. We have to defend the legacy of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi I just wanted to make that as, you know, an observation here. So when it comes to these hadiths, honestly, we don't know exactly what happened. What we can conclude is there was an attempt to poison the Prophet. Allah protected the Prophet. Now, did the Prophet pass away really because of this poison? Or maybe those scholars who said that they were doing taqiyya. Scholars have different views on why the Prophet passed away. There are some who say he died naturally. There are some who say he was poisoned. But who poisoned him? Some say it's this Jewish lady in Khaybar. She's the one who poisoned the Prophet And basically that's why he died four years later. We already, you know, uh, offered some evaluation, critical evaluation of that. Is that possible or not? And then there are some scholars who say no. There were people around the Prophet who poisoned him. Inshallah, we'll examine this um, deeply with a deep analysis once we get there. Once we examine how the Prophet was martyred, or how he was passed, or how he passed away. So these are the reports that we have. By the way, there's one interesting point over here. When this Jewish lady brought the meat to the Prophet how did he eat it if it's not halal food? Any thoughts on it? Because when he when When the people of the book give you meat, right, is it halal or no? We know that in our school of thought, the one who kills the sheep has to be a Muslim. So how did the prophet eat this meat from this Jewish lady? There are some scholars who say, well, maybe we can conclude that she had a Muslim kill the sheep. Or if we accept the Shia version, it says she came to Medina. And she became Muslim, like she acted like she was a Muslim. So she probably got it from the Muslim market in Medina. That's, you know, that's a possibility. And then I've seen some people who say, well, one of the evidences and proofs that you can eat meat that's kosher from the Jews or the Christians, right? Is this hadith, you know, all these reports that say the prophet ate the meat of this Jewish lady, which means you can eat the meat of the people of the book some have said that of course most scholars have rejected that so you know that's also something interesting I wanted to share with you we'll conclude with this um, final point mentioned in Sirat Ibn Hisham from Ibn Isha basically when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi married Safiya um, he was in Khaybar and uh, after Khaybar they were going back to Medina on the way the one of the companions of the Prophet by the name of Abu Ayyub Khalid ibn Zayd. He was concerned about, about the Prophet The Prophet was in his tent with Safiyyah. He spent the entire night guarding the tent with his sword. So in the morning, the Prophet told him uh, saw him there guarding the tent. He told him, Abu Ayyub, what are you doing? He says, Ya Rasulallah, we've just finished this battle with the Jews. And your wife Safiya, I mean, she belongs to them. So I was suspicious of her. Maybe she comes up with a plot to assassinate you. I had to be cautious, Ya Rasulullah. I mean, you killed her father, you killed her people, you killed her husband. So she may have some grudges against you. And I was just concerned. So Ibn Hisham states, فَزَّعَمُ It's been claimed that the Prophet sallallahu told him, may Allah bless you, thank you for that. May Allah protect you just like you, uh, you know, protected me. This is also doubtful because Safiya was a mu'mina, was a true believer from day one. In fact, if you remember when we talked about the Islam of Safiya, when we examined the um, events of Khaybar, she was the one who wanted to marry him and she was the one who expressed to him how much iman she had in him. And the Prophet loved Safiya and he never doubted her. So it's doubtful that the Prophet said that to him. Assuming that the report is true and he did guard the tent. You know, maybe the Prophet didn't want to embarrass him or waste his efforts. Okay, yalla, may Allah bless you. But, but, but for the Prophet to uh, basically confirm his suspicions, uh, that is doubtful. We don't have any sahih hadith that states the Prophet really doubted Safiya. So this has been also mentioned in the books of Seerah. Any questions before we conclude? Sayyid, I have two questions. Yes. As-salamu alaykum Alaykum wa rahmatullah. Uh, The first question is, what was the fate of this uh, Jewish woman in that uh, account from the tafsir of Imam al-Haskari? And the second is, uh, what what exactly does Sayyid Jafar Murtadol Amali in uh nabi what does he say about this event? What, what does he accept? I'd be curious to know. Okay, so if we go to the report of the tafsir of Al Imam al-Askari Salawatullahi alayhi, basically she was released. She wa al he had her um, you know, basically um arrested. So the next day she came, she became a Muslim. Upon becoming a Muslim, the Prophet forgave her. And basically, he released her. So, according to the version of Imam al-Askari, she was not killed. After she became Muslim, she was released. So, does that answer this part of the question? As for Sayyid Jafar al-Amili, basically he says the he just also comments that the versions are have so much discrepancy that you know it, it's not really possible to know what happened. So apparently. I did not see him confirming whether he believes, you know, she was killed or not. He says, look at all these, you know, contradictory reports. We really don't know what happened. That's basically his attitude. My my personal assessment, based on the hadiths that I've read, is that the Prophet ﷺ did forgive her um, just to show the mercy of Islam and that, you know, even though there was an attempt to harm us, but the Prophet, you know, is not vengeful. Um, possibly, especially if she became Muslim, you know, now that she became Muslim, even if let's say she was a hypocrite, she was not a really a good believer, or let's say she did believe, if she was really testing the Prophet and she saw the miracle, maybe she did become a mu'mina, maybe she became, uh, you know, a good believer, a good Muslim, after seeing the miracle, because a lot of reports stated that was her excuse, I wanted to test you if you're a Prophet or not, and so when Allah protected him, it became clear that he's a Prophet, so she believed in him, So especially if we accept that she became a Muslim, then yes, uh, I mean, it makes sense that the Prophet forgave her. Now one could argue, but she ended up killing one of the companions of the Prophet. So maybe the Prophet still did not see it, you know, fit to eat. Especially, especially if we accept the tafsir of Imam Al-Askari, which tells us Imam Ali had warned him. Yet, he did not heed the warning of Imam Ali. And so, he had to face the consequences of his action. If we accept that report, then it becomes clear why the Prophet did not seek the death penalty. Because, you know, his companion uh, should have been more cautious, let's say. Yeah, but I seem to be inclined to the uh, versions that state the Prophet ﷺ did uh, forgive her. I think it becomes even more of a hujja for her to convert if she sees even after he didn't eat his companions to recite a specific dua. Absolutely, remember in Sunni versions and in Shia versions, we do have hadiths that state the Prophet told his companions, Let's now all eat, and they ate, and nothing happened to them. That even solidifies the miracle, so it would make sense that she would convert after seeing the sign. Yes, that's a very good observation. May Allah bless you, respected brothers and sisters. Keep us in your du'as. I'll keep you in my du'as, especially at the shrine of Amirul Mu'mineen, Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, alayhi salam. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.